time for the Magpie 24-7 Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Thompson and Paul Rudder. Discussing all things Newcastle United, passionate, unfiltered, unfiltered, and totally black and white by fans for fans. And what's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for the Magpie 24-7 podcast, and I hope he's all good. It's a bit of a strange one, Paul. It is, because we've lost. We've lost a game of football, but we're actually not like completely deflated and completely off. Because we've played well. We've played well. I mean, it's a, it, there's a lot to talk about. It's a, strange, it's a strange podcast, because we've lost and we're positive. Steve Bruce got manager of the month. Emil Kraft scored a goal. Joel Linton scored a goal. <laughs> and we've took... The champions and uh, Champions League finalist Manchester City to the absolute limit in a four-three defeat slash thriller. So Paul, I mean, it's very rare that we will get to talk positively about a game of football, a high-scoring game. It's usually if it's high-scoring, it's usually because we've been thumped by a couple of goals. So, um, what's the initial, what's the initial thought uh, of this game of football? <laughs> First of all, I hope you're not picking up any in the background noise, but all of a sudden. Decided to record and the heavens have absolutely opened. Uh, so I do apologise if there's a bit of background noise, but yeah, it's it's been a strange set of circumstances. Like we touched on, uh, I was amazed that Steve Bruce won Manager of the Month. He also got LMA Performance of the Week for obviously our. Oh, he deserved that, mind. Yeah, our victory. That. Yeah, our victory over Leicester. You're talking about Joe Linton going on a scoring streak and 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 also dispatching penalties. Alan Shearer esque, um, you know, if any, if you'd have, if you'd have gone back and you'd have told ourselves this a couple of weeks ago, you would have thought that you were off your tits. You really would have, <laughs> because it's the most unlikely set of events uh, ever. And uh, oh yeah, although I think we both uh, feared a high-scoring game before the Manchester City game kicked off, regardless of who played and who didn't play and who was rested and who was injured. Um, I don't think any of us expected Newcastle to get three goals. These these lot, regardless, don't concede three goals very very often. They don't um, they don't give up much ground very very often. So I was absolutely amazed that we were swinging pound for pound, and it was just like a it was just like a proper boxing match. You it swing, we swing, craziness. It defied logic. Um, and yeah, it, it just capped off a little bit of a, of a crazy run of, of form. And, and now everything feels a lot rose during the garden. Fulham, I think, have, have sort of imploded. Uh, and you're looking at the situation now and, you, and you're thinking, why were we worrying for all of those weeks and months and games that went What relegation does to you, mate? The relegation scrap does that. Like, it makes you think, oh, yeah. well, they could pick up a couple of points and, oh, we're down the shit out. Like, after the Brighton game, we were really worried. I think a lot of the fan base were it was a really negative. Right. So, we were meant to have a guest on that night, and it just didn't. It, it was just a really negative time. Just didn't feel good about it at all. But but fair play to all the players, even Steve Bruce with gritted teeth. Even like all of them have managed to come together. They've managed to get a couple of wins to, uh, on the board. Managed to get a couple of decent performances in. And keep winning the league. Yeah, no, by all means, and they, I know, I know we shouldn't be in this predicament because the squad that we've got, attacking players, there's a lot of talent there, and enough talent to say that we're probably a top ten side. But well, nearer there about the top ten side anyway. 
but we've severely underperformed. But these set of players have, have reacted from the Brighton game, something we didn't think they'd be able to do, and they've they've stood up, mate, and they've they've, they've kept winning the division. A lot of we thought it was going to be a third relegation under Mike Ashley's tenure, and obviously Steve Bruce sending them down, but they've managed to come together, everyone. They've managed to change formation to what I think is a successful wing back system under and um, the tactical stewardship of Graham Jones. Uh, the, the heat of things. And I'm going to mention that later on in the podcast, actually, um, about Graham Jones's um, wing back system, if you will. But they've managed to bounce back. A couple of industrious players like Matt Ritchie, uh, Joe Willock really coming to the fore, Paul Dummett, uh, Martin Dubravka coming back in from uh, Dubravka, well, Dubravka coming back in from Darlow. They've managed to stand up, mate, and be counted. So fair play to them for keeping more. They could have went on the beach. It could have been another Arsenal job last night, but they really, they really gave everything the hard mate. And usually we'll go through the lineup, but the lineup was pretty expected, even down to Emil Croft thing. Because I, I think, I think Clark had a knock, didn't he? Or was he not on the bench? He I'm was on the bench, but uh, yeah, I, I, I heard it was forty-six for knock. So I was expecting Croft to play. Um, Obviously, Shelby plays every week. We've been back and forth on him. It's just now an acceptance that that man will play every single week, no matter what. Um, no matter what the opposition, no matter how bad he plays, no matter how good, good he plays, that man will always start games. And it's a weird loyalty from Steve Bruce to um, John Joe Shelby. But he plays and he plays every week regardless. Honestly, mate, the rain isn't as bad as you think it is. Trust us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear it anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty funny, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, mate, there's, t- there's times when uh, me boiler goes off and I think it, it can be heard all over the fucking place, but honestly, mate, don't worry about it. It's all good. Just, uh, j- Paul's worried about technical difficulties, people. It's all good. It's all fine. All oh, the joys. The but, joys. Um... It's bloody rain. I'm, I'm, I'm sick to the back team. I'm absolutely sick to the back team. And it's waited. It's waited until we've started to record this to, uh, to, 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 to queue in and... Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll you'll get to see when we launch the YouTube channel, you'll see I'm actually in the conservatory at the moment uh, and it's just decked out, uh, ready for me and for my 24-7 maybe. Uh, yeah, I've, done, I've done a couple of little backdrops as well for my videos <laughs> when they come across. We've been getting ready, people. We've been getting ready. It's out in the, yeah, we'll, the YouTube we'll channel. In, Looking forward to that. But um, to get back onto it, mate, I mean... Yeah, I mean, the, the squad have stood up um, in terms of the starting 11, uh, very much expected. I didn't think Joel Linton would be leading the line. I thought you would honestly put push Miggy forward and uh, when it went, went about it that way. But um, no, I, I thought I thought, I thought we started well. We, we, we defended well. We looked organised. Um, we, we pressed when we needed to. The only critical thing I'll probably say is against Leicester, we were very successful at picking the ball up in the midfield. And even Miggy was getting a bit of dry in the midfield against Man City. I think if we're maybe five, ten yards further forward, we could have punished them and got them off the ball a lot more. I, I, I feel, and it's, I think it's a good point mentioning about Miggy because I think he's coming for a lot of flat recently, and I, I don't think it's all uh, justified, mate. To be honest, a, a lot of the time, uh, and the reason I think we've had a little bit of upturn in form is we, we've taken the energy and the running from where Miggy likes to normally play, which is in the number ten or is the focal point with, with uh, Wilson on the one side. And what we've done is we've taken that and we put it in the midfield. Then all of a sudden, John Joe Shelby doesn't look quite as slow and laboured. And you've got energy and you've got enthusiasm in the middle of the pack. Now, what you, what you haven't got is you haven't got a specialist in there. He's not a specialist midfielder. And you'll see that tactic, tactical naivety, I think, we've been playing 
further back. But what you can't fault them with is the running. He ran and ran and ran, and it, and it covers a lot for John Joe Shelby's lack of mobility. I didn't think Shelby had his worst game, don't get me wrong. Uh, he's had far, yeah. far, far worse, uh, worse of a game. And I even saw in the second half, I mean, there was once Shelby was going back, he, he knew he was going to be done like a kipper for pace. So he took um, he took a, a professional foul, he took a tactical uh, dig on the player. It was another time he was sprinting to get back. And I thought, you know what? That This is what we're, we're asking for. We're not minimum requirement. Yeah. Minimum, put the shift in, you know, the shift in, put the, the mates on the pitch, put the effort in. Um, and, and that was, I mean, that was my tweet after the game, actually, mate. It was the old banner that we don't demand a team that wins, but we do demand a team that tries. And certainly our captain, I expect the highest uh, effort marks, even if it's not going very well here. And I, and I thought John Joe certainly did a lot more than what he's done recently. Do I think he, he, he's the best midfielder all of a sudden? No. Do I Definitely. want to go the next season with him in central midfield? No. But I would say that with Steve Bruce. I'm still a Bruce out, despite the upturning results, despite safety, despite manager of the month, despite performance of the week, despite um, uh, a swashbuckling, uh, you know, can-do effort against this lot. Because, it, you know, it wasn't long ago, and, and this is the frustration with Bruce. Bruce, he's had a go against Manchester City now, the pressure is off and relegations being taken away. Where was that sort of performance made against Manchester United and the likes? Well, where is it against Brighton? Not the, not the best. These are not the best big six that there's ever been. But if we could have used some of these performances in, in other games, we'd have had a lot, lot more points on the board. Safety would have been an issue ages ago. We perhaps wouldn't have gone out of the cup to Brentford. And it's a case of, again, what ifs, ifs, buts, and, and, and maybe. Yeah. It's, it's about consistency and it's, it's consistency from the players. So John Joe Shelby. You can't do it. You can't have a decent performance against Manchester City, then be shite against Sheffield United. And it's it's the same sort of argument that we've used time and time and time again. We need consistency from the players, consistency from the team. But this was certainly a, a shock. But I, I will just before we go into it and dissect the game fully, I will just state that this shows how much our expectations have gone down. That we're we're sort of happy, and I think the second half we were twenty percent possession. Um, and 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 we're and we're sort of slipping into the Sunderland trap. I feel of uh, everything is um, okay, and we're swinging against these bigger clubs and this anger. It wasn't too long ago Manchester City weren't weren't that, and it wasn't too long ago that we weren't scared of going in, into these games and stuff like that. We were petrified, both of us. It was going to be six, seven, eight nil. Um, I hope these results at the moment, the Leicester game, which was a, a, a total shocker, and even the performance in certain aspects against Manchester City, show Steve Bruce if Steve Bruce is going to be the man next season. And I hope and pray he's not. So I want to Bruce out. Let's make that 100% clear. But if he is the man, it goes to show him during these matches, stop going to, to Old Trafford and then having a laugh and a joke on with Oli Gunnar Solskjaer when, you, when you're losing you know, by, by two or something. Yeah. Go there and have this sort of attitude on. We're going to try our best and, and, and we're not going to sit back and bend over. We're not going to make it easy. We're going to make it hard. We're going to get into your faces. We're going to uh, play and, and try and use our set pieces and our free kicks and, and whip in some deliveries and, and try and cause the opposition some some um, 
some problems because we, we must remember in these games it's 11 v 11 i know there's a huge quality gap there's a huge gap with regards to finances and they're a state aren't they they're a country aren't they yeah all right for the premier league though that's yeah. all right for the premier league <laughs> we're, we're just financed by somebody who sells uh donny socks so <laughs> you know we, we've, we've got to take that in, in, into consideration but you know i, I would say to steve bruce I, you know, I would much rather us go to Old Trafford and lose 4-3 or 4-1 or whatever the score may be than just going there and under the, the normal thing of Newcastle's, uh, sorry, Mike Ashley's Newcastle United, it's okay to lose, but as long as we don't lose by too many. My attitude would be, it's never okay to lose, but let's go there and at least try and do something. And you know, last night against Manchester City, I could definitely say that they tried. Against Manchester United, when we lost 2-0, the team, that's Steve Bruce and the players, didn't try. It was just trying not to lose by too many. And that isn't the mantra that I want from the football club. The mantra of, you know, it, it's okay to lose, yeah, but as long as long as you're showing effort, as long as we're trying, we'll support you, 100%. Yeah. Got your back. A big attitude, a, a good attitude, mate. That's that's what the players had last night. Obviously, yeah. they could have they could have been on the beach after after bit after staying up and stuff. They could have relatively been. They were last season, but yeah, I, that, there's, that, a, there's, there's a different a there's, there's a different there's a different attitude from last night. Six games hope, last season, we were safe. Yeah, good. Uh, I mean, after we beat Sheffield United from the return from COVID and stuff, the lockdowns. Um, technically, Newcastle was safe after then, but you cannot, you can never be always so sure. We went on to be Bournemouth and draw away at Brighton, but, um, but we saw we, we did with down the tools, didn't we? And then yeah, we did, days. but we didn't and, yesterday, which is which is a really yeah. good a good but, thing. But like the last season, we down tools, and then we started at this season, and I know we had a few results here and there, but the performances made up at the beginning of the season were dog shit. So what I'm saying is, this season, when it's the thing is really strong. So that we take that confidence and style of play and what we can learn in the next season. So we start really strongly because do we want another season where we are fighting for four bottom? No, nobody wants it. We're absolutely sick of the back teeth, you know. Um, I want to see progression. I want to see us emulate a Leicester City and looking at their blueprint of how to run a football club correctly and in the correct way. And uh, you know, we'll turn it in the middle. But congratulations to Leicester and Jose Perez, um, you know, on, on lifting the FA Cup. But you know, you see a club like that, mate, and they're not a huge, huge, huge name. Uh, that spent time in uh, Division Three, which was where Sunderland is at the moment. If you need a reminder, they spent time in the doldrums back in the nineties. We used to absolutely spank them, sixes and sevens and all sorts. But the new, the, the new ownership, the family that came in. To them got the club is running it right and they're reaping the rewards and we need to emulate them and and we certainly need more performance not performances because again it, it was like low possession but i felt what we did with the limited amount of the, the ball we had uh we certainly caused them problems and and made them worried and uh, that's what we've got to do we've got to make ourselves a reputation for being difficult to beat especially at St james's bar and um exactly. it can be a focus in James's Park. It has it, it has been under many a manager for Newcastle United. It just hasn't been under Steve Bruce this season. But we'll soak up the pressure early on, mate. And obviously Man City had a couple of half chances, but nothing too major. And 
we'll get a corner and actually a little bit of praise needs to go to the set pieces team because for the vast majority of the season we've been flipping shit it's yeah. it's set pieces um where we haven't been able to beat the first man but i think it's ever since matt ritchie's been back into the team mate because he can take a flipping corner do you know what i mean and shelby's improved a little bit of his with his corners as well because he's um he's had an assist or two i think he got an assist to everton from a corner so we've managed to pick up we've managed to pick up a little bit better from corners and we'll get a we'll, we'll get a great we'll get a great corner into the box and of all people <laughs> we outside of shelby and steve bruce mate i'd probably say emil craft is probably the most hated bloke on this podcast <laughs> all season i've called him shit. I've, I've i've called him the worst right back i've ever seen but he left like a salmon mate over over nathan who i think is fucking shit. but never mind he leaps like a salmon over nathan past scott carson one nil newcastle and like I, I I couldn't quite believe my eyes. I'm thinking, right, Steve Bruce has won Football Manager of the Month. Emil Kraft scoring a goal. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> I thought it would be fight at this point. I must admit, I'm thinking I'm off my tits because um, clearly I'm in some sort of weird universe where crazy shit happens. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no way has he just scored that. You know, it, it was sheer well. wasn't it? It was sheer it was a brilliant header, mate, and I was I was I was proper chuffed. I was think we're one 0 up against the champions. We weren't expecting it, and it's football's always had its best when you when it's uh, least expected. It always has been, but like, yeah, just being one 0 up, it felt it felt it felt pretty strange. Um, I mean, we did I don't I did we deserve it? I mean, we had like flipping twenty percent possession, and and that was our first shot on goal, but. We took our chances and we, we, look, we, we looked all right for we lead. Man City looked a little bit flustered. They lost the ball a couple I'm of times. I'm sitting there checking the league table. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <aye, aye." laughs> boys. <laughs> but, um, it didn't last for long. <laughs> it, I mean, the lead didn't last long. It lasted about, what, 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. Their, their first goal, mate, was proper flipping jammy, mind. It falls yeah, to... it was a jam there. Um, flipping name on Cancelo. Falls to him on the edge of the box. It goes off Murphy and into the back and into the bottom corner. Mind, I think we need to. I think we need to address Murphy, mate, um, as a right back because against lower sides in the league, he can do a job. A, a job. He can do a job. If you've got injuries, fill him in. Great. Against the top, against the champions, against the top side, Jacob Murphy. No, just no. He got You'd be if he was going up against a De Bruyne or somebody, wouldn't you? Even the more. Him all night, mate, and they got past him all night. Sterling beat him over 10 yards about 50 flipping times. Cancelo didn't go to his man and he it deflected into the net. I like Jacob Huge Murphy. Quality. Huge goal. I, I do I do like Jacob Murphy, mate. I think, like I say, he can do a job against the lower side at right wing back. Um, he's a good winger to bring off the bench. Definitely a squad player for me. Give him a new contract, absolutely. But against these bigger sides, mate, he cannot be depended on to play against against these top sides as a right wing back because he's not experienced enough there to play against your Sterlings and you can't tell the He's, he's the out of position, mate. It's, yeah. not, it's his natural position. At the end of it's the day, not... he, he's, he's, a, he's an attacking, he's an attacking uh, winger. And, uh, you know, like you said, when we're in games where we're going to have a little bit more of the ball, I'm going to be maybe 
10 yards, 5, 10 yards further forward. You can utilise him and all of his attacking skill and his pace, trickery, his determination, his pride in the shirt to put in a good performance. But when when he's asked to turn around and do the defensive side of his duties, he looks like an absolute fish out of water. And whoever is playing right of those three centre-backs has to say, so alert... And that was only a trap last night, by yeah, the way. And unfortunately for for, for, for for Newcastle and for uh, Murphy, it was Emil Kraft. And I know he scored a bullet header, fantastic, thumbs up, great. But unfortunately, um, I don't it's know not if it's really not a race. No. It's, uh, it's I, I understand why you put in. I understand. I, I, I can see why because in previous games before he came back in. We were we were both criticising the defence for being too slow with uh, Fernandez and Clark in the different uh, variations of, of of those in. I can understand why you want to bring somebody in with a little bit more pace to make up for that. But surely it, the, the answer that there's never an answer where you should say Emil Kraft um, because. If you want to paint it right wing back, though, mate, why get yet get rid of Yedlin? Do you know what I mean? Here, the one thing he had was pace. Yeah, it's it's to utilise his pace in the back three as is a centre back because the other two are really really slow. I think Bruce's thought in it is Kraft has a little bit of pace about him and he can play centre back, so I'm going to put him in there for his pace. But unfortunately. As we as we saw, was it famously against Norwich? He's got he hasn't got the football in the football intelligence and the nouse to play it. Yes, he's got a little bit of of pace uh, and stuff like this. But I, I'm afraid, and I think there was something uh, I was listening to something Malcolm McDonald said, and he and he was like, "Yeah, great, we scored three goals against Manchester City, but we conceded bloody four. You know, so uh, the thing is. Again, to me, this summer is a huge summer. There's there's lots of players out of contract. There's other players yeah. who need to be shifted on. And we need a rejig. I, I think we need... I mean, Lascelles is, what, 30 years old? Where's our next young centre-back co- coming in, pushing through? And, and, and the, the central midfield is a huge problem. That Yeah, when we get these goals and these leads against the big teams, it's difficult to do it once. It's virtually impossible to do it twice. To do it three times was a minor miracle. Yet we still come away, mate, with absolutely fuck all. Yeah? And it's because we're pissing about at the back. We're not strong enough in the middle. We're not athletic enough. We're not quick enough at the back. Uh, and I'm talking about our centre-backs here. And um, we will get exposed time and time and, and, and time again. And if you and then if you give great players, and I know they rested players last night, our players were injured, mate. But their second stream mate will get it in ninety nine percent of the other teams in the Premier League. So it's no it's no dropping in, in quality. And, and and don't let all this media thing of oh Manchester City are great this and they are built on money and lots of fucking money. And that's the only reason that they're, they're winning oh, these well, Premier <laughs> Leagues and stuff like that. Not, so you know. They're, they're, not on, they're not built on good supporters, mate. I tell you, when they won the when they won the title in midweek, man you got beat off uh, Leicester. And um, Man City were confirmed as champions. The scenes outside of that stadium, when because obviously there's been protests in Manchester and stuff about uh, about the Glaziers and uh, Arsenal have been protesting, Chelsea have been protesting. Man City won the league, 
the league, the league title, a great season under Pep Guardiola, three and four seasons. And honestly, mate, I've seen a bigger gathering at my family barbecue. It was flipping shambolic. It was shit. Like, they're, they're, as supporters go, absolutely flipping abysmal. Mm. But um, they take the lead, mate, not long after. Uh, um, and I'm not going to lie, this, in terms of opposition goals this season, this, uh, this first goal from Fernand Torres was an absolute peach, mate. They take a free kick, it goes in front of John Joe Shelby, who's not aware. Shock. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to have a sat out for that revelation. It's an amazing, it's an amazing backward flick over the goalkeeper, two uh, one. I mean, sometimes you've just got to commend the opposition, but it was disappointing because we looked all right for a lead. We looked, we, we did, we looked half decent, but we just to 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 concede to a goal like that. It's just like catch twenty two because you want to be like, oh, well, fair play, but it's a bit disappointing. But um, we'll get an equaliser before half time. They threw a penalty. And but I mean they are again like oh. the ball that goes through to Saint Maximin, right? He's a he's, he's about two foot on side, and the play and he plays and he plays in Willock. No, he plays in. They were looking for any oh. fucking excuse to not give that penalty kick. I was screaming at the TV. If you think he's offside, you are off your fucking tits. Because he was onside, it was as clear as day. I mean, some of these offsides that literally ants knobs, right? It, it's how many pairs of socks have you got shoved down your shorts, right? Your, that, right, is how close some of these offsides are. And they're ridiculous. And it depends where you freeze it. And it's that near that. They played it through once, and I could see there was an absolute field of difference. And I'm like, what? what's, what's your problem? How, how are, you, are you looking that much to nitpick? And, and is PR and marketing so important? You want Manchester City to win so much that you're looking for any excuse to try and shag Newcastle over. And I know Richard Masters, Dick Master, I know how much he hates Newcastle. <laughs> We're going to have to mention him. Oh, goodness me. We have, we've done pretty well to get, what, 20-odd minutes into it. And we haven't mentioned that, Dick. But Dick Masters must have put a remit out. Don't give, oh, don't give them anything. Uh, you know, he, he, he must he must be right in the mood at the moment. I feel sorry for his missus because the fact that Newcastle stayed up will be absolutely pissing them off. I've no doubt about it. But I mean, come on, you don't need VAR for that, mate. Mister Magoo, right, sat beside me, was saying that it don't worry, man. It's onside by a country mile. That was through the first, uh, the, you know, the first goal. I wasn't sure whether it was a penalty kick when I watched it live. And I saw him, I was like, what the oh, fuck? I, I thought, I thought, and he tripped himself up because, you know, classic Joe Linton. And then the, I, I saw it again, I played it straight back at North, and I was like, he's hacked at them, he's got to have hacked at them. Yeah, them. yeah. Then they showed it from another angle, and I was like, you daft bastard. From a Manchester City perspective, mate, you see it through the half time, and you kill the game out. That was a moment of stew fucking pity from that prat. Uh, yeah, he absolutely foul defender him like absolutely foul. He's 40, got, million, uh, 40. We bought we bought Colin Wilson from the same club for half the price. Forty yeah. million pounds. Yeah, have you seen the rumors today about Jose Mourinho? He wants Alan said maximum for forty million to Roma. I thought which trouble are you buying? Get over man. I thought it's not fucking. It was hundred percent a penalty, mate. I I I seen it in real time. I was shouting at the telly. Um, 
because for me it was it, it, it was on side. I don't know why you look. Um but obviously <laughs> I seen Jolin and pick up the ball and I'm thinking, oh my god, because I got flashbacks to the to the new port game where he missed the penalty and it was a flipping shit penalty. And um I'm thinking, scared of Matt Ritchie. I know he's he's missed. And Matt Ritchie was on the field as well. Yeah, Matt I like what Matt Ritchie's going to say this, isn't he? Yeah, uh, but but Jordan picks up the ball and thinking, oh yeah, what's going to happen now? We're going to flip and miss. I voice message you, didn't I? <laughs> you know, I voice message as, as he was going to take it. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? What the hell is this piss fuck doing st standing up for this? I'm like, oh my <laughs> word, Richie, please take off him. He's going to just but. Just Oh, I'll yeah. tell you what, Paul, I'm happy to be proved wrong. That's the best penalty I've totally seen in a long time. I mean, don't get us wrong, Jordan didn't really play well, but that penalty was flipping something else. He won the penalty and he took the penalty and he flipping, he hit the ball as if he was trying to kill it. Um, it, it don't it, no say that. It was a flipping brilliant penalty. It, yeah. it reminded us of... Um, Shola, because Shola was shit at everything, barring taking penalties. He was great at a flipping penalty. He was good at two things, Shola. He was good against Sunderland, and he was good at penalties. Mm. And Shola could take a flipping penalty, so Shola might have been working with him on the training ground, but that was a flipping top-notch penalty. Yeah, but it, it, it is worthwhile saying. Nobody would have said, that say, oh, Scott Carson's in goal. I don't give a shit. Scott Carson, <laughs> right? If you have anyone, you could have had Shea Gillen in his prime. You could have had Martin Debravka in goal for them you could have had Cavani you could have had De Gea you could have had anyone Lloris you don't save it when it's hit as all of them at the same time yeah all at once when you hit that sweet spot nobody is saving it it was Shearer-esque it was absolutely a fantastic and I'm sitting there going oh what's this piss back oh, I never doubted this you know what I mean I'll, I'll bet you're a voice <laughs> we'll go to half time, mate. Two's each, and I thought we'll look, I thought we'll look pretty good for it. I thought we'll, yeah, we'll two very unlikely goal scorers. Um, but Man City look tested, and I think even Guardiola says after the final whistle, we don't like coming up to St James's Park. They and don't, that's the way it should be. always give that's them the a half. Yeah, it is. It, it should be, it should be, mate. You're right, but. We'll always give them a tough game up here. They don't then they, they, they go to some grounds in the home teams four five now. They don't do it up here like. Um but going two two, we're playing really well. I was I was proper dead chuffed. And um the second half starts and we'll look a bit more open. We're trying trying to cause a few more problems and and Joe Willick again. I mean how many times how many times do I have to talk about this lad and, and, and talk about foot before Newcastle signing because mate the amount of loan players over the years I fell in love with Rondon Remy Jetro Willems and we've signed none of them and it's just like they get away every time and it's like I just want to sign a loan player that I like for once it'd be nice but this uh, Joe Willock shows a flipping great turn of pace gets past the gets past Kyle Walker who body checks him another penalty and there was a storm wall yeah, that was. You don't need any replays, mate. Wait, you see no. it once, and you go bang, stone wall, and you and you see that you see Kyle Walker. He's not, he's not complaining. He knows, he knows he's been done like a kipper. So I'm sitting there going, don't you dare look at it, think for a reason to, to chalk it off. Then you're shitting yourself again because you're thinking Callum Wilson isn't on the pitch, Joe Linton, but 
there's some sort of ritual or something like this, which I find this bizarre. And and this goes back to what I've said about Julian and a few times. He's he's not you know and Alan Shearer is obsessed with goal scoring and he's a goal whore. Callum Wilson is a goal whore, he wants as many goals as possible. But Joe Linden, I, I've got mine. Cheers, lads. And I'm like, how come Joe Linden isn't getting the ball now? After what he's just done, which is the perfect penalty, you don't hit it sweeter than that. And your number nine, he was just walking around. Looked like he was on the phone to his missus or something like that. <laughs> oh, you know. And then Joe Willett picks the ball up. And I'm like, mm hmm. I thought he's pretty keen to get keep his goal scoring form going again. And, and he did. I mean, don't get us wrong. The keeper made. I mean, Scott Carson made the save, but he obviously he made good of the. He ne we nearly fell over, but he made good on the rebound, and and we'll go three two up, and it's flipping carnage. I thought, can can we actually do this? And then the next four minutes, mate, we're going to concede two goals. Um, we'll fall a bit, a little bit. I mean, the def I, I mean, I I don't want to be too negative. But we've lost because of defending like this. The rip through uh, on the on the right hand, the left hand side. Richie's out of position. Dummett's out of position. The played across. Where, where's, the, where's the shouts, mate? No, and and I'm, listening to, I'm listening to it without the fake noise on, and I'm expecting a, a Steve Bruce or somebody from that side, just the manager of the month, to just micro like you know like Raf used to do. He would have micro managed the next five or ten minutes. To make sure that we don't concede, because when you score, that we didn't. You know, that's when you're most open to concede because you, you drop your guard a little bit and, and you're a little bit cocked out because you've just scored. It's about getting through the next section of the game without conceding a, 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 another goal, and it's about staying in your in your shape and about it's about being strong. And I just thought we were naive. Maybe it was probably the. The nicest word that I can use. When we took the lead, yeah, for sure. We mm -hmm. fell apart after we took the lead, which is a yeah. shame because I thought that effort that went into them to, to get free two up, it just... Did, did you see Willick, though, when that goal went in and Panther in the camera and he was just like, he rolled his eyes up and he said, and he was just like, it was proper it was proper frustrating. And I thought, again, that's what you want to see, that the players care. And I thought, I'm looking at Joe Willick and you're a lone player and I know that you care. And, and that means something to me that there's they care about they care about the the club and the results even though we're safe. Yeah, I've heard this said me on um I think it was either I think it was true faith who, who says it. Um, mm. I think what would seal the deal to get Joe Willock to to the football club would be having the fans here. If fifty two thousand yeah. Jordies, I think he would be. I think he the bug mate like many many southern lads have caught in the past before him do you know what i mean because i think it'd be a no absolute no-brainer to sign this lad Isaac what we need mate we've needed a box-to-box -box midfielder since muhammad diarme left do you know what i mean and like we've got one now with joe willick and how much flipping better do we look he makes yeah. the he makes the five the wing back system work because he goes from one side of the field to the other he's quick he's mobile he gets on the ball he's keen he's he, he wants to he this, wants this to is where i hope we don't balls up though mate because if they think oh we found the winning formula now and the winning uh, success thing right and you lose a joe willick it's not going to work without them because the alternatives that we have got 
uh, obviously Matty he doesn't trust, he doesn't like, he doesn't rate. I don't give a shit. What he says, it's a similar thing with Dwight Gale. Oh, I've always wanted this, that, and the other. You, you clearly don't because you don't play it. You've got Sean, who's very seems very disgruntled at the club. He's not happy. He's not the first team pick. You've got John Joe Shelby, who's um, he needs a mobility scooter at some point. I know he's not old, <laughs> but his his movement, honestly, man, I've seen Turnips move quicker than him. Oh, snails, whatever they wants to say. He's not got the energy. He's not the box to box midfielder. Joe Willick is the only one at that club. You can go for the rest of the midfield. Your Jeff Hendricks and all that sort of. Uh, 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 player is the only one who's got the, the power and the athleticism to get box to box to get and around the to change the games in the middle, yeah. And we've been screaming out for a player of his quality since uh Kabai went. We've had nout, mate, we've had absolutely nout in, in, in that middle. Uh, and you're talking 20 million pounds, which uh, you might think it is, it, it is a lot, but it's. It's absolutely peanuts. You've got to remind yourself. And people keep telling you, don't, you can't judge Joe Linton on the 40 million. But of, of course you must. Of course you must, because it comes into the equation what you've signed them for. You know, um, we, we've already had Arsenal's pants down with uh, getting Isaac Hayden for 2.5 million. So it's not as if we haven't had a good deal off them before. 20 million. Another yeah, I think, I think Isaac, I, I think, I think, um, you know, Isaac Hayden was a fantastic deal for you know for uh, for Newcastle. I think Joe Willick at twenty million with the promise of building a team around him. Uh, it, it's the blueprint, and we talk about copying the likes of Leicester as a club on how to move us forward. Not maybe not doing it uh, even if we get taken over, not doing it the Man City style, doing it a more Leicester type way. These are the sorts of players. Your Joe Willicks. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. From that middle of that park, it's nice to have, mate. And I think Newcastle, it's a no brainer for Newcastle to go and get Joe Willock because I think he wants to come to Newcastle. We need him in the team because God forbid, we we'll look flipping terrible in the midfield without him. But yeah, as was proved against Arsenal, of course, exactly, exactly, mate. Exactly. Um, you like to, to throw away the lead though, like we did. Obviously, Fernand Torres scored two goals in two minutes to get his hat trick. Um, <laughs> it's disappointing because at the end of the day, I, I don't think he played too well, but he got a hat trick. It's mm. it's hard to say, but but it was just two right laps, play, right time. two lapses of concentration. Um, but the ball for the third one, uh, uh, well, the fourth Man City goal, I thought they got really fortunate because it hit the inside of the post, and, and Fernand Torres is just there. And two, two of their goals for me have been really fortunate. So, if but to me, why weren't they switched on? And and we talk about the yes, there's positives in the game, but the the alarm is is that and the issue that you can see straight away is that the defense needs work, and we probably haven't got a lot of money to be able to invest to, to fix these problems. My thing when that ball came back out, there was no Newcastle player scrambling. 
but there was a Manchester City player alert to the danger. And that, that's the disappointing thing there, mate. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm not hearing anything from, from the sideline, trying to change things, trying to shut up uh, shop a little bit, uh, trying to drop somebody back just to sit maybe in front of the, the back three, just to get us through a five, ten minute period and get a little bit of the ball and get some of our uh, counter-attacking play uh, coming back, which we did well in little spells, I felt. Uh, but we only had 20% possession in the second half. And w when you're seeing that ball come out and there's, there's, there's no Newcastle cavalry trying to get back to do the best to play the ball, it's so frustrating and so maddening. And you're like, fuck me, man. It's typical Newcastle. We score three goals against the champions, but we concede bloody four. I'm like, oh, my word. Just shot ourselves in the foot. Um, but the Manchester City machine is... It's impressive, and that's why it really does. It shows because you look at them on the front on the on the front of things, how strong in depth. I mean, De Bruyne didn't play yet. They still had Gundogan and and uh, Rodri. Uh, that over a hundred million pound worth of midfielder still, and you look at it, and they didn't have De Bruyne. They didn't have that main man. Like it's just staggering to me, mate, how fucking good they are. Um, but that's what happens when you own by a state and you get allowed to buy the Premier League. Yeah, but, um, and you build a good squad. And, and, and that's, um, that's another thing that I wanted to touch on. Yeah. The, the thing is, mate, we've done really well in, in, in bits during this game. Whilst we've had our Alan St. Maximums, etc. I think the game could have gone even better for us if we'd have had a Callum Wilson or a suitable replacement in the squad. And, and I know it's something we've touched on previously when we've been missing ASM and Callum Wilson and Miggy for, 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 for get You know, it's just we don't have that good enough squad to be able to cover any injuries or any suspensions or nothing. And you're looking at the bench and you've just gone behind you and you're at 4-3 down at this point and you're looking at the bench and you're thinking, he doesn't fancy Dwight Gale. It's not inspiring, is it? No. You've got, the thing is, and your options attacking wise, you've got Gail and Carroll. It's I'm not it's not personal, but the, these sort of players they're just they're just not good enough. And and then you've got like left back Jamal Lewis. I think Jamal Lewis will probably become a, a very, very, very good fullback, wing back, uh in the future. Just but, not enough, Bruce. No. And, and and it's just like you you're looking there and it's just so frustrating that, that the lack of quality strength in depth just isn't there and you're looking at the, there's no leadership and inspiration coming from the from the manager and there's no one you can really bring off the bench and you look at their bench and it's just an embarrassment of riches they've got so many different things that they can do um and you shake your head but uh, you know at least newcastle were you know, we were swinging punches and we weren't yes, just we were, we'll, we'll lose 2 0 and just get the game over. It's one game less, like we did when we, we played Manchester City yeah, away from home, exactly. like Manchester United, like I touched on before. We we were still trying to swing, it just comes down to a, a, a gulf in quality. I think that is just, yeah, uh, it's just cost us, and that's in the coaches and in, 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 the, in, in the playing squad. I mean, Fernand Torres is like fifth choice, and he yeah. could have passed with. It's it just like it just shows the golfing quality, the golfing depth 
that Man City really have. And this is why like a lot of teams were against the five subs. Because could you imagine being one up against Man City and they bring on just five world class players and they blow you in the last twenty minutes? Like it's yeah, it's like you say, mate, it's an embarrassment of riches, but really proud of the team. Like I like I touched on earlier, after Brighton, a lot of worry. Um, but it's not often after a game of football where we lose, I can say, you know what, we gave a good we gave a good account of ourselves and we gave a good for them go about it. I mean, yeah, the defending for the for the third goal and probably the fourth goal were really disappointing how we dropped our heads so quickly after scoring. Don't get us wrong, that's disappointing. But we get like every player gave everything that they had, mate. And like as a fan, that's all you can really ask for. Do you know it what I mean? They've got. They went down, but they went down swinging. And Maxi was gutted on Twitter after the performance. He put a, like a, a sad emoji, and I, and I and I even responded. I just says, "Look, mate, if you're gonna lose, you go down swinging like that. You don't." Obviously, there's been a couple of performances this season in particular where we've came on you and we've been like, "Why was there no fight? Why are you just lying down and letting them rub your belly?" Do you know what I mean? You've you've yeah. they've went up there last night. And the fourth every football ball, the fourth every chance, they've they've scrapped, they've clawed for goals, penalties, you know, and that's what I want. The old adage, the old banner, we don't demand a team that wins, we demand a team that tries. Anybody who moaned about last night and saying, Oh, well, we're shitting all this, you might as well rip that banner up because they expect too much. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, uh, well I you know those Jordy bastards and how high expectations of course we all expected this season. We'd be in the Champions League and we'd have won the FA Cup today and the League Cup uh, and we'd be pissing it at the top of the league. Of course, us bunch of demanding jolly bastards. But um, no, it's it's I don't believe the hype, don't believe the shite that you see in the media, lights, camera, bullshit, and all that sort of thing. Um most Newcastle fans would be happy with what we saw to you know, with what we saw today, with what we managed uh, to do today. Um, and having a real good go at it. At the same time, we mustn't lose our uh, way and start to fall into what I would call the Sunderland trap of just, just you know, uh, there to make the numbers up in the league. We shouldn't be accepting that. We shouldn't just be thinking that that's the, that's the sum of it for, for Newcastle. We really shouldn't because I think with some clever recruitment, some really good coaching, as we'll touch on shortly with, with, with uh, Graham Jones coming in, the difference that he's made with some clever coaching, uh, with some good set pieces, with some uh, great thinking, with that northeast passion uh, and fierceness, with the St James's Park crowd, uh, with a full house, with all of these things, like some good players brought in, another a good couple of four or five. So if, if an ASM goes down because he gets another muscle injury, we've got somebody to bring in of maybe not as the same quality, but also good quality. We've got options on the bench to change things up, to change systems, formations. We could be doing a lot better. We should be doing a lot better, mate, than fourth bottom, fifth bottom, season in, season out. Remit is the same. We shouldn't be listening about remits, mate. Football isn't about remits. Football is about winning things. It's about winners. It's about achieving things. It's about progress. It's about hope. It's about dreams. It is not about spreadsheets. It is not about just staying in so that we get another lot of money in, which pleases Lee Chani and Mike Ashley made yeah, that whatsoever. So I don't want to hear excuses from the club um, and, and, and you know and, and the likes until we get the takeover. 
there are options out there to make us better. Um, and you're not telling me that the best we can hope for with regards to changes is your Dwight Gales and your Andy Carrolls of the yeah. world. There's got to be better options for us, a Premier League club, mate, uh, to, to just push it that little bit further and to start looking a little bit higher up the um, you know the, the, the standings. This can't be happening every season, mate. Well, we've severely underperformed this season, mate, and it's like... Yeah, we mustn't forget it that. Have, it cannot be every season this happens because we've severely underperformed due to Steve Bruce and his incompetence at times. But obviously, he deserves his praise for his manager of the month and, he, and things like that. But I think the difference has been Graham Jones and, like... This is what I want to touch on because, if, like, and like, I know a couple of these listeners might be like, "Oh, well, give Steve Bruce credit, man." It's like I want to give Graham Jones credit because at the end of the day, Steve Bruce gets credit with a trophy with Manager of the Month, and that's his credit. So I'm going to give my credit to 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 Graham Jones because I feel he deserves. Are you sure about that? I've, I've seen him hold a kebab. I didn't see any trophy. Ah, <laughs> uh, the memes. Uh, he's, uh, Steve Bruce has been holding one of Luke Edwards. <laughs> uh, he's been holding uh, kebab, kebab wraps. He's been holding um, certain toys. <laughs> he's been holding all sorts. Uh, with, uh, probably the, probably uh, holding John Joe Shelby as well. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he's um, it, 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 the, the internet had a good laugh at that one. But um, I, I, my credit goes to Graham Jones, mate, because if you look like for me, at the start of the season, we played 4-2-3-1. Then we we'll got a bad couple of results. We we'll transitioned to a five at the back. And a lot of the, a lot of that formation was a, an attempted copy of what Rafa was doing at the club two years ago, um, where we we're playing five at the back, trying to hold for chances, and we we, we never got far enough up the field, and we we're just in one half for a lot of games. And we'll just hang on. And when we'd get results, it would be because of a dodgy free kick or a dodgy penalty. Go back in the podcast, go to Tottenham away or, or Wolves away, where we'll talk about the frustration of we're being far too deep to cause any problems. There's more than that, by the way. There's loads of podcasts where we're frustrated yeah. how deep we are, where we can't cause any problems. We'll just park on the bus, hoping for the best. But great, since we've moved to this five at the back system, now you can tell Graham Jones has had his hands on it, and it's like the reason I think this and the reason I theorise this is because the wing backs look a lot more fluid. The midfield looks like it knows when to press and when not to press. We'll we'll look structured when we defend. We'll look like there's bodies forward when we we'll go forward. There's loads of little differences made between the team back then under Bruce when Graham Jones wasn't there in a five at the back system, and now when he is. And it's like, yeah, Steve Bruce deserves his manager of the month award for a draw at Liverpool, drawing against Tottenham, beating West Ham, beating Burnley, getting out the, the getting out the shit. Yes, fair enough. But I think Graham Jones deserves his credit as well, mate. It's not like, and it's not like a hate Bruce train. Don't get us wrong. I wanted Bruce out the door a couple of months ago, but we've done well to put, pull out the relegation zone. We're not having to worry about Fulham when we play them on the final day, like Sky Sports wanted we to do. But oh, they loved it. Exactly, They were like, oh, well, they play, the, the, there's that big game on the final day against Newcastle to look forward to. And it's like, ah, oh, well, you're not getting it now, you flipping arseholes. But um, no, I think Graham Jones de deserves a lot more credit than what people are giving him. And obviously, you, you get your 
Brucey, your Brucey pals in the media. I mean, Jermaine Jennings three weeks ago, he was saying, "Oh, Steve Bruce, probably time for him to leave." Now he's like, "Oh, uh, the journalists in Newcastle need to eat humble pie." Like, piss off, Jennings. Flip and stick your goldfish ball up your arse, you flipping cretin. Exactly. And the thing is, we're, we're we're on well, honestly, a decent run mate at the moment, right? But you cannot forget the winter that went prior to that because for 20 games we couldn't hit the side of an absolute bastard barn door. You know, we, we had a situation where the club had to bring in Graham Jones because the results, they had to do something and they didn't want to get rid of him so they brought in some extra help. Now, when he first came in, we saw a spike in uh, performance and in results. Then we had injuries and we had another little drop off. And then again, they've gone away and they've worked with what, what Steve Bruce was using at the beginning of the season and they've tweaked it and they've made it better, like you've just described. So again, Bruce would have gone back to what he used before. The fact that they're using something different suggests that it's a different influence. And the only thing that's changed is Graham Jones coming in. So it's okay. clear as day, it is clear as day that he has come in and he has changed and he's worked on that and he's inputted it. It's a formation that I think you've touched on in previous podcasts that he's used very, very successfully with uh, Martinez when they've worked together previously. Um, so all the clues point to the fact that Graham Jones has come in and he's been a tremendous asset to Steve Bruce. Now, Steve Bruce will tell you that it was him who interviewed him and brought him in. And if that was the case, because let's face it, I don't think Lee Charlie can switch the light switch on and tie his own laces, never mind interview anyone. Great, fantastic, a good decision that was made, Steve Bruce. At times, you'd still let your ego get in the way of results. And you look at the Crystal Palace game, for example, where he was banished to the stands, I think it was. And there's been frustrations like that. I think what's happened recently is Steve Bruce has learned how to get the best out of him so that results are good. And because he's the face of everything at Newcastle, Steve Bruce, because we don't hear from Lee Charney, we don't hear from many of the players, anybody else, just the head coach. Um, he has benefited from that upturn that I think Graham Jones coming in and changing things has, has, has got. Uh, yeah. So he's riding off the, the, you know, he's riding off the, uh, off the sort of the wave. Yeah. So he's he's riding on that, uh, off off Graham, you know, off Graham coming in. But um, yeah, the the thing is, he's been very 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 uh, happy to take all the plaudits coming his way, and this is the frustration I got with Bruce when things have been going well over the the past. A few weeks, he's been very happy to to big himself up, and he's been speaking to his mates at Talk Sport, Simon Jordan, etc. Right? Where was this mate when we were on the run of twenty games without a win or whatever it was exactly? Twenty-one. And yet he's still mate harking back to a journalist which he banned. Yeah, despite the fact it was proven from what come out subsequently that he was telling the truth. So he's been banned for telling the truth, because yep. it doesn't fit the agenda that Steve Bruce and the club and your Keith Bishops and all them is trying to put out there. So you, you've got to take everything with a massive, massive, massive uh, uh, pinch of, uh, you know, of salt. Yes, Steve Bruce has won the Manager of the Month award uh, for, what, four games? Two wins, two draws, is it? It's not And a loss. And a loss. So, yes, yeah, so two wins, two draws and a loss. 
it's not the greatest of, of results. And also, you've got to look at it. We're still what fifth bottom at the moment as, as we as we record this. Uh, I don't know how the Brighton game has gone against West Ham. Um, but we've had a shit season, and one good month doesn't make up for six terrible months that's gone that's gone on prior. So I think I put a post out saying once one swallow doesn't mean it's uh, you know spring or summer or whatever. And I stand by that case. If Steve yeah, Bruce, if Steve Bruce can beat Sheffield United, if he can beat Fulham, take the momentum that we've managed to get. And the style of play, etc., 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 in the next season, if he's still the manager, and we start positively and we start getting results, and we're in that maybe that I don't know, say we're tenth or something like that for argument's sake, then yeah, maybe. But at the moment, all he's done is make up for the mistakes that he made earlier in the season. Because make no doubt about it, mate, that that <laughs> them shit results, that sequence of shit results that, that we had, the the lack of. I mean, I don't think we had a one shot on target at Bramall Lane against Sheffield United when they hadn't won a game all season. You cannot make up for a few good wins when we're in the. Still making up two do by by someone. For going back over the, for, for going back over those results, they them games, mate. The Brentford game is still very much in my mind. The Sheffield United game is still very very much in my mind, and I still maintain with this squad. With the the money he, that he has been allowed to invest, forty million of he approved this for Joe Linton. Uh, all the other signings that have come in afterwards, all the money that he has spent, uh, I think that he, if we finish fourth or fifth bottom, Steve Bruce over the course of the season is majorly underdelivered, and he talks about well, we've had a lot of injuries. So has Arsenal, so has every other team in in the league. But nobody else uses it as much of a stick to beat the fan base as Steve Bruce does. And I still am very much Bruce out because of the way that he goes on about the fan base and how he's attacked the fan base. every time we do something. Again, mate. And you can't come out. I'm I'm sorry, but you can't come out and, and pretend that you're the best thing since ever. You can't come out and do a John Carver. I believe I'm the best, the you know, best of this, that, and the other. When you've overseen so much bad things happening this season, this season is still absolutely terrible. If we finish fourth or fifth bottom, we should be we should be doing better than this, mate. And I include in, in in the cups and stuff like that. It's simply not good enough. Football is about winners, and I just don't see a winner in Steve Bruce. I don't. No, no, no do I, mate. He, he's just accepting. He's accepting of middle uh, mediocrity, like two wins in twenty-one, and and all this. And the the fact that we had probably his third or fourth good performance as manager. He's been here two seasons, by the way. We played honestly, mate. We're flipping brilliant against Leicester. I can't speak highly yeah. enough how well we played. It was fantastic. He, he turned. He, he bans local journalists. He refuses to go on local radio stations and stuff, but he'll go on talk sport with his mate Simon Jordan and he'll talk about where expectations and feed into the propaganda that that's against our fan base that we expect too much. Now, if he was a fan of Newcastle United, he'd be like, no, you're wrong. Newcastle fans don't expect this. We've been at times poor this season and I've, t- I've managed to turn it round, but... The fans don't expect Champions League, so don't be saying he should be defending one mate, not no. going on and, and going and But as soon as he real as soon as he's been told by his PR team 
the the backlash he got for those comments. He goes in his press conference and he's like, "Oh, I didn't mean to say that." And oh, you you just it vocabulary. It's been total backtrack. So like, you just, just a piss it, it, It's not limited vocabulary. Don't insult our intelligence. Exactly. We get insulted every week. Though, mate. We're, we're intelligent. Gets insulted every week because even even when we get a positive result, positive performance, he's still got to make it about him. He's got to still make it toxic. He's still got to make it frustrating as a fan. Where you to the point of my God, I wish he just shut up. Like I haven't listened to an interview from him in flipping in months, mate. I haven't because I, I I know it's going to be the same shit. He's uh, and we're going to get goaded off his mates. If we win a game of football, you can guarantee Luke Edwards, Chris Sutton, oh, Bobby Savage, Jermaine Dennis, Gabriel Bonlahor, all these flipping mates will come out and be like, "Oh well, he's a nice man and he's a great manager." And it, and it's just like I've never known a manager to be so shit at his job and be shit at his job over a course of a season, and then. And we get one good or a couple of good performances, and they'll be like, Oh, well, I told you he was good. Uh, the fans up there need you, the, the fans and journalists up there need you hit humble pie and all this. It's, it's a load of shit, man, mate. Like, the, the, the defense of Bruce is unbelievable. I've known nothing like it. I just, I mean, I just hope he's in his last couple of games in charge. And yeah, we've played, we've played well against Man City, we've played well against Leicester. But the bigger picture is, mate, he's got to go at the end of the season because Newcastle will not progress as a football club with Steve Bruce in charge and Mike Ashley as the owner. Like you said before, it's a massive summer for Newcastle United because arbitration, will we get new owners in? Can we get a new manager in? Massive, massive implications possibly for Newcastle this season. It's either takeover or Bruce. And it's just like... There's no extreme, there's no in-between. It's just like, it's either one one total extreme or another. And it's just like, big summer ahead. I just hope it's, I just hope we'll get the get, get the takeover one for going back into the stadiums next season. Yeah, that's, you got, that's because it. that's the only way. I mean, you're talking about, about fans coming back in for the next game against Sheffield United. Um, but if you want to fill that stadium up, you've got to offer something above remits and spreadsheet champions and uh, revenue down and all these uh, fancy business talk. Business talk doesn't turn on supporters. It's irrelevant. It really, really is. Well, it uh, took them, that, they took them ages. It took them yeah. ages to sell 10,000, mate. Yeah. Uh, so get, get get the right man in. And as, as has been proven before, Sir John Hall famously said, get the right man in, this place will take off. And boy, was he proven right. And you've, you've, we've done it again on, under Bobby Robson. We've gone to show that, you know, when Bobby took us over, we were we were at the bottom. We were as rooted to the bottom. And what one man's energy when he, he can connect with the fan base, Rafa Benitez again, when the right person comes in, the place unites behind that one man. And it just literally wants to take off. And the sky is, is the limit. Even under Bobby, we had chances where we could have gone on and won unlikely Premier Leagues. Or, you know, even under under Pardew, you know. So it doesn't have to be the world's best. You can have, good if you get things right and get um, recruitment right and speak to the fans in a, in, a, in a correct manner. Look at Aston Villa. Last season, they stayed up by a dodgy VR miracle, right? We all know that that, that was it, it was just wrong in every 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 way. 
you've got Dean Smith in, um, not the greatest of names, but somebody who the fans can unite behind. And who again, did over from? sorry, who did that, he yeah. over from? Oh. exactly. But you can get you can get somebody in, and the club can just take off. And that next step, which is middle middle of the Premier League, it isn't a million miles away. You look at where we are now, and you think how many awful performances your Sheffield United games of this season have, have we done? And this umpteen where we could have looked at taking a point here, three points there, you know, trying to, to sort the goal scoring issues out earlier in the season. We could have been comfortably entrenched in, in, the, in the middle of, of, of the table. Uh, and with the right man, who knows, even possibly a little a little bit a little bit higher, could have done a little bit better in the cups and stuff like that. So there's there's no excuses from the club, mate, to come out and, 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 and to say reasons why we can't not. I want to hear reasons that we can. Bob used to go out there and, and, he, and he used to go on the attack all the time. Not what we can't do. What can we do? What can we do? Show that the, the show the punters that, that that you care and that we can. And again, if you get the right person in the hot seat, that will put thousands of bums in the stadium straight away. Bums on seats straight away. But at the moment, you've got a man who is. He's a major turn-off and he can't be a massive draw when you're trying to bring in players and stuff like this. He's had a few decent results, which are gonna which is gonna which has got us out of the shit that he created in the first place. He's only rectified his own mistake to get his remit, his bare minimum remit. It's not good enough, and, and it is a massive, massive summer. We need an overhaul in regards to players, overhaul for, for the coaching. Uh, because it's just not just Steve Bruce, but a lot of these other merry men, I, I just uh, they don't they don't really inspire me in the same way that some of our previous coaches and and, and stuff uh, have done. And the the club needs the stench. I've always said Mike Ashley is like a fart in a lift. You know it, it, that smell. Continuous fart in a continuous lift. <laughs> yeah. So we. we, we absolutely desperate and surely it's got to be our our turn and surely common sense has to come into this takeover circus and fast and it can't be good for the Premier League for it to go on forever. It's certainly not good for us. It doesn't look good to broadcast partners. Um, all this HMRC stuff's being sorted out. We're just desperate for to all to happen this summer and have a fresh start, mate. Um, and, and let's get this club going in, in, in the right way and let's have more games even if you lose where, 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 where we're swinging and we have a little bit of positivity and I think we both feel yes we lost against Manchester City but we have a little bit of, of, of pride in the performance we're, we're a little bit of the fact that we've pushed the champions to the, to the limit and we've come off a Leicester game that was probably one of the best games that we've had in 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 a, in a long time. We'll forget the Arsenal game because obviously Willick was away and it was it was a bad game. But we've had a little bit of a run, and goodness me, you've given us a little bit of a run at, at the squeaky bum time of the season. And look how the fans are we're, we're over the moon just to just just to stay up. And what I'm saying is, it it, it could and it should be a lot lot better than this. But it all hinges mate on. On this summer, a massive it summer. It's a went massive. quiet. It has gone quiet again on the takeover front. 
Um, Richard Masters did speak publicly and was asked about the takeover. His response was golden. Well, 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 well congratulations to, to, to Newcastle who, who stayed up. You turned into the flipping water boy. <laughs> yeah, but, um, imagine him, mate. If he's asked to go in a court case and stand up in front of a QC or somebody like that, he's going to be shitting his pants. It's in nobody's interest. Honestly, it's in nobody's interest for this to get to court, uh, for this to get... Uh, messy. It needs it needs a common sense uh, approach to it. It was nearly done last year. So it's it's it stinks of what was those minute details that have stopped this this from going through. And yeah. and, and and I know people might not like the new ownership and, and this that and the other and and everything. And um, the, there's issues that I, I think me and you would have with, with the new owners uh, coming in, but. I think we're that desperate as a football club, looking to do it from purely the football side of it, mate, for new ownership, a new start, a new beginning, a fresh broom to sweep everything, uh, everything clean. And then let's just see see where, where it goes. And that that's how the Keegan, that's how the Keegan days uh, started at Newcastle. That's exactly what I was saying to my mates on, on the playground back in the day. But can't get much worse. Let's just let's just you know sweep it all clean and see where it goes and boy i'm desperate to get back to to those those days and yes we, we won nothing but again just like we've had over the last couple of games a little bit of pride in our shirt and in our club badge it goes a long 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 way mate it really really does so big summer ahead for newcastle unfortunately for this game we've fallen a little bit short but we, we come out with a little bit of uh self-respect but first time this team that we should come out with a bit of pride and dignity which yeah. is all good but uh, to summarize me the podcast uh, before signing off it's like yeah I, I, i'm happy with the performance obviously defending for the first couple of goals for the last couple of goals from city bit disappointing but that's what i want as a newcastle fan just to keep us on the edge of my seat keep it keep it keep fighting keep thriving because the representative from the eye, do you know what I mean? Because it's been it's been nothing short of horrendous this season, dog shit at times. And we've just got to keep like if we're gonna get beat, get beat swinging like that. And honestly, if we play like that against Sheffield United in midweek, where fans are allowed back, give them a treat, give them something to be like consistency. Yeah, something. Give them a performance like that because I guarantee if we play against Sheffield United, we'll not concede four, and I bet you will score more than three. But it, under Steve Bruce, you expect them to win. The turnout dog shit. You expect them to get hammered. The, the surprise you. So it's, it's, it, you don't know which way to take it. And honestly, in the words of Kevin Keegan, I would love it. Love it, mate, if we flipping smashed Fulham to flipping shit next week. Just to prove that we weren't in the same, ever in the same league as them. It's just because we've had a shit manager for all season and we finally woke up with 10 games to go. Do you know what I mean? I, I would love to in front of the fans as well. In front of the fans. Mm. And Maxi doing a little dance in front of the home end. Oh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, in terms of the podcast... Um, we'll have a video going out after the after the Sheffield United game, because um, we've we'll, we'll actually managed to snap up some tickets to go. Um, so, so it'll be the first time me and Paul seen each other in in person for over a year. First time since we started Magpie twenty four seven, which is crazy to think of. But um, we'll do a YouTube video oh. after the game, 
and then uh, we'll do the podcast on Thursday evening, I think, and then we'll get it out his Thursday night. But um, unless there's anything you want to add, mate, we can wrap it up there. Like, I know it's it's um, it's strange. Yes, train tickets booked, tickets sorted. <laughs> Looking forward. Um, uh, yeah, what, what football match. Football match again. St James's Park. Uh, it's. It's not the, uh, I mean, there's nothing on the game or anything like that. And just pure entertainment, pure theatre of just being inside the stadium again and, and sampling the atmosphere and the match day routine and catching up. And like I say, the first time we'll, we'll have a chance to do a video or any sort of content, uh, you know, sort of face-to-face or anything like that since the beginning of Magpie 24-7. It's crazy because, yeah. was, Bur- was it Burnley, that goalless... Our last uh, I, I think it was Burnley the last time I seen mm-hmm. you, mate, which would have been the 27th of February, 2020. Yeah. 2020 aye. It's, Actually, it's, no, it's I lied. Last time I seen you, mate, was West Brom away uh, um, that that night. That was like... Incredible filth night. Coming to the fray, but um, mm-hmm. aye, mate, it's just going to be nice to pick out one of my tops again and, and go to a football match. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just hope... Newcastle can actually turn up and give us something yeah. out about put in a performance and get a level of consistency. And let's not do what we did last season that when we were safe, the lads sort of were on holiday and went through the motions for them last five, six games or whatever it was of the season. Let's just see the season out, uh, keep some positive momentum going, and then we take that into uh, next season. Two pre season games obviously already been announced as well by the club Harrogate and York. So Rob will be commentating on Newcastle. That's absolutely great for him. And he'll be listening uh, listening to this. Um, it was the first thing I thought of when I saw the game. I was like, oh, my word, Rob will be commentating on, on the Newcastle game, but obviously for York. Um, so, yeah, congratulations for that one. But, yes, pre-season thoughts. Some local I, games. We'll be able to get the same day, we've got York and then Harrogate. So I hope mm-hmm. we make the Harrogate game around 7 o'clock. Eight o'clock kickoff, and then we can go to both on the same oh. day. I think I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting back into the stadiums. I'm looking forward to COVID being stored out, and we'll get we'll get back into the football properly as we we'll launch our YouTube channel and and go about it. But um, nice plug. I yeah, as I as I say, is, um, looking forward to next season. Looking forward to just what I'm looking forward to Wednesday as well, but. Podcast will be on Thursday. We'll have a we'll have a YouTube video going up on the channel, um, on 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 Wednesday night, uh, before it launches. I know it's a it's a it's a hole in the matrix. We'll call it, but uh, yeah, I think we'll leave it there, mate, for this weekend. It's been it's been a nice podcast to do. I've been looking forward to it over the weekend, um, because it's been a big weekend for myself. Um, managed to finish all my uni work, all that's been out of the way. And no. I had a job interview the other day, which went really well. Yeah, back then, uh, starting next week, fingers crossed. Uh, so I can just transition from uni to job. But uh, aye, big week next week on and off the field for Magpie 24 7. But we'll love yous and leave yous and see, and see yous on the next podcast, everyone. See you too.